Hello, everyone. Uh, let's talk about Suns Clippers game two. You know, I, I kind of expected Devin Booker to like not have that elite game again. And, you know, he didn't. He had like a he didn't have a great game, but like he, he did come through at the end. He made a big shot. But what I want to talk, I, I want to talk about just some points I had throughout watching this game. What the first thing that jumped out to me was just the difference between just actually, no, just being proved right on the Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert thing because you know people are going to make fun of Rudy's defense in the last series against the Clippers and I don't think it was ever about his defense I I really don't think it was ever about his defense because it's like if Donovan Mitchell gets beat off the dribble right and uh, beat off the dribble or Boyan gets beat off the dribble Clarkson gets beat off the dribble Rudy is going to go help because he has to help like someone someone no matter what has to help the problem over there is that firstly Donovan Boyan Clarkson and all these other players they just kept letting everyone get to the rim so that was problem number one problem number two is so the problem number one is like their perimeter defense outside of Royce O'Neal even and even him I thought I thought he didn't show much resistance either he showed more than like the other players but not as much um as he as he normally does so like Rudy has to help like that's not bad defense like that's what he's supposed to do I don't see how that's a Rudy Gobert problem that's a perimeter defense problem and the second thing is their perimeter guys rotating like if you get beat why are you still following that guy to the rim when you know Rudy is gonna go help you're supposed to go figure out who who you're supposed to rotate to on the perimeter but instead you're chasing that guy still to the rim that that never made any sense to me and i have to blame quinn snyder for that the other thing was you know it didn't expose to me rudy's defense what it exposed was his offense and in the sun series we're realizing how true that really is because deandre ayton's dominating and he's not even like a you know he's uh dominating you know that's what people call him and you know what he deserves to be called that right now he's dominating he's dominating dominating is dominating um and you know we're seeing that right now and he doesn't even have like great post-up moves but he's big and strong and he knows he's big and strong he knows he's bigger than paul george batum uh reggie jackson pat beverly he knows all these things so when he gets the ball he's going straight up and he's going towards the basket he's making it tough and he's he's even more athletic than i thought it was the first uh, like we're gonna talk about the last play but like in the first half jay threw it up to him and the way like he caught it over zubak like he got way up there i didn't know he was that athletic i knew he was athletic. i just didn't know he was that athletic um and the the biggest thing is you know that he's been so good that they played zubak at center and he i think zubak played pretty big minutes so you know that's something rudy gobert he wasn't good enough on offense to make Ty Lu do. You know, Ty Lu never had to play Zubak at center to counteract Rudy Gobert. But with Zub, I mean, with DeAndre Ayton, he has to do that. Or at least he feels like he has to do that. I'm not sure he has to do it. The other thing I noticed was I don't understand how Nick Batum goes from 
45 minutes, 40 minutes, 42 minutes, 43 minutes to 15 minutes. I don't understand that. He's probably been your, I would say, fourth best player in these playoffs. It's probably been him. It's been, you know, obviously Kawhi, Paul George, Reggie Jackson. You know, it's a funny saying Reggie Jackson, but that's just true. He's been that good. He's been 50, 40, 90 pretty much in the playoffs and scoring like 17 points a game, being the best isolation player in the playoffs, getting getting to the rim like it's like no one's even like guarding him. It's like I don't know what I don't know what's happened. Somehow people can't stay in front of Reggie Jackson. So you know, but after those three, it's been Batum. He's been tremendous. He's making the three. He's passing it quick. And he's been amazing on help side defense. But now he's only getting 15 minutes. I don't understand that. Whew. So that was the other thing I noticed. Um, the Clippers made... The Clippers didn't turn it over. They made 38% of their threes. Uh, the problem was they just didn't make a lot of... Like their two-point shots. And I don't mean like mid-range jumpers. I just mean... They missed a lot at the rim. They only had 30 points in the paint. I think um, I think the Suns had 60 or 50. I can't remember exactly top of my head. I think it was something like that, though. Um, so, yeah, like, I thought, it's, I just think it's interesting you would just go completely away from Batum. I understand DeAndre has been pretty good. But, like, just to completely go away from what's worked doesn't make that much sense to me, especially after just one game. You know, if it happened twice, it happened twice, yeah. Then it's like, okay, I have to figure something else out. But after one game, I don't understand that. Um, The other thing, obviously, Paul George, he... Like, it's so funny with Paul George. Like, he made the two great shots uh, down the stretch... He took it to the rim. Uh, the first one, I think, was he split the du- his transition. He split he split the double team, got to the rim, uh, layup. The second one, he just caught it, made a mid range jumper over Crowder. So you know he was he ma- he did the right things, but like the thing now is when you don't close that game out, no one's gonna remember that. No one's gonna care. No one's gonna remember that. Now all people are going to remember is you, Paul George, 85% free throw shooter, clanking two at the line with seven seconds to go to put your team up three. To put your team up three, you clank those two free throws. That's all everyone's going to remember now. And I don't think they're wrong. Like, that's, like it's not just about hitting the clutch shots. It's about closing the game out. And you know what? You did not close the game out. The job's not finished. You didn't finish the job. You have, It can't just be, oh, I made one clutch shot. I'm good. No, 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 no. You have to close it out. And he didn't close it out. And, you know, he missed two. The second one was insane because you knew he was missing the second one because usually he dribbles one, two, three times. The second one, he dribbled like 18 times. You knew that wasn't going. You know he's not confident in that. He dribbled it like 18 times. So, like, I knew that was uh, going to be a brick right away. Um, I know a lot of Paul George... <laughs> I know a lot of Paul George fans had a wild roller coaster just watching that game. They went from, yes, I told you all, he's that guy. And then it's like, ah, ah damn it. He's, he's done it again. He's fooled us again. 
Um, what? What's? And that the, I don't. I don't know how to feel about the Clippers just because I don't know about Kawhi's status. Because if you're the Clippers, you should be like, yeah, we're down 0-2, but game one was close. Game two, we probably could have won three different times, and that was also a close game. It was a one-point game. And you know, yeah, we get it. They're out, Chris Paul. But we're out, Paul. I mean, we're out, Kawhi Leonard. But the problem with the the Chris Paul and Kawhi thing is, we know Chris Paul is coming back for Game Three. I think that's already been announced. With Kawhi, we don't know when the fuck he's coming back. So, I I'm not entirely sure what to make of that. I guess. Like if he if he's not coming back until let's say. The earliest he could come back is game four or game five. I think the Suns are that type of team where they're like, no, 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 no. We're sweeping them. And I think they're very well capable of doing that with Chris coming back. I guess with the thr- the Chris thing could be, you know, we've heard multiple players now be like, oh, you know, I got COVID and, you know, my endurance was fucked up. You know, I couldn't do this, that or this. So we don't know how it's going to impact Chris Paul. And maybe, you know, he said he's asymptomatic, like nothing's happened to him. And, you know, he might be right. Like, it might be nothing then to him. You know, he might just be completely fine. You never know. It, it, might, it might still could be like a false positive. You don't know. We don't know. So, I, so with Chris Paul, and the, thing, the other thing is, like, campaign is good. Like, he's become, like, I said he's probably a top two, three uh, what's it called? Backup point guard, and he he is, and I think there's probably gonna be, I don't know how he's gonna do it. Maybe he's like the Suns gave me a chance, so I'm gonna stay here. But I think he's, I don't I, I I imagine there's a team that's like no 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 you can be our starting point guard. You know we've you're young you're still pretty young, we've seen you make threes, we've seen you get to the rim whenever you want, we've seen you make extra passes, we've seen you try hard on defense. So, like, there's probably a team that's like, oh, you know what? We can pay him, like, more than the bench money, but not, like, elite money, like 10 mil a year or something. You, 10 mil a year, you can be our starter. And I don't know. He might take that. I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, the other thing is this was a close game. And, you know, I've been, I've been talking about this. I think the Suns' X factor is Cam Johnson. And he made five out of five threes. You know, he's the guy that... You know what you're going to get out of everyone, really. And if he's the one that can come through, and if he has a good game, the Suns are probably going to win that game. They're just that type of team. So, the last play, let's talk about... Actually, let's talk about the last one minute. Actually, no, last couple minutes. Because I read a stat that it took 30 minutes to finish the last five minutes of the game. And it's because fuck Scott Foster. I fucking hate Scott Foster. This dude's a fucking idiot. And I don't, I don't know what else to say. I just think he's a fucking idiot. I think he's a fucking moron. Not everything needs to be fucking reviewed, Scott Foster. Every fucking time, like, some, anything happens, it's a review. It's insane. Ooh. But, alright, so... I think it was 195. Paul George made the... No, I think someone made a three. 
I can't remember exactly. I just know Paul George made it 10. I think 101. 10. Hold on, let me let me think actually. 101 100. I think that's what Paul George made it. I think that's right. And uh, you know, 30 seconds left. Devin Booker gets the ball. I feel like whenever Devin Booker gets the ball, I don't care if he's two for 55. He's going to make that clutch shot. He, that's just what he does. You know, I don't care that he's a 35% three-point shooter. When he gets it, he's going to make that three. He's going to make that long two. doesn't matter how many he's missed. And that's exactly what he did. Pat Beverly, you know, drained all over him. Devin's like, nah, I don't care. And he made it. Because, you know, that's what he does. And, you know, I've talked about this before. I think he's the player... That reminds me most of, like, young Kobe. And when you watch him create his shots, you watch him take the contested twos that he takes, you see it. The, only, the difference is, because of the spacing back then, Kobe was taking, like, contested 19, 20-footers. Devin takes, like, contested, like, 12, 13, 14 footers. So it's easier shots. And I think that's the... Like, and because there's more spacing out there, that's why. So I, that's that's probably the big difference I see there. Between like... Like, Kobe's obviously a much better player. I think another big difference is... Kobe's handle was much tighter than Devin's. Like, you could see Pat Beverly just... Poking the ball out of Devin's hand constantly. Kobe had a much tighter handle. And I think he had he probably had more combos with the handle than Devin does. Um, but yeah, Devin made the shot. I think that's when Paul George made the long two. And then Devin turned it over. That's, the, that's another thing. I don't I don't understand this rule where I'm dribbling the ball, the other player like knocks it out of my, like if I'm if I'm holding onto the ball with two hands, right? Just for, just for an example, if I'm holding onto the ball with two hands and uh, the opponent, he slaps the ball out of my hand. But like it touches my, obviously it's going to touch my finger, my hand as it's coming off my hand. But he knocked it out. Like that should not be off of me. I, I don't think that makes any sense. Like we've all played basketball on the playground. We Like whenever that happens where someone else knocks it off of your hand, Knocks it out off your um, like as you're holding it. That's never their ball. We're never like, yeah, that's your ball now, because we're, we have like some common sense and some logic where it's like, yeah, of course it's gonna technically go off my hand, but you knocked it out, and you know, so the Clippers got the ball because of that, and that's when you know Paul George went. Paul George missed two free throws, and um, they got the ball back, and I. Who, who missed the three? Mikel, Mikel missed a wide-open corner three, although someone was con, like coming at him. But it was still a shot that he normally makes. He missed it. And uh, 0.9, 0.8 seconds left. Uh, they run a nice play where, firstly, I think it was Aiton sets a screen for Cam Johnson. You know, Cam Johnson's been on fire, so... Zubak has to kind of pay attention to that. Then, it looked like... I, I assume this is what the Clippers were thinking. That 
after he set the screen for Cam Johnson, DeAndre was going to set a screen for Booker to go to the baseline. Instead, Booker sets a screen for DeAndre and it's a cut for an alley. And the, the problem with that play for the Clippers side is Zubak's on the wrong side. So I, my guess is they assumed that DeAndre was going to set it for Booker. But instead, they flipped it. And maybe, you know what? If Zubak was on the other side, maybe DeAndre would have set it for Booker. But with the, I guess with the way they saw that play, they set it for DeAndre. And yeah, DeAndre was holding Zubak. That happens all the time. I don't really care. Um, you know, there's holding on every single play. Like, that's just this is what the fuck they do. Um, so yeah, Devin sets it for... That sets it on Zubak. Zubak's on the wrong side. So that's an easy dunk. And, yeah, you got to shout out Jay Crowder. You know, he set a perfect pass. I, I I, couldn't check the reviews properly. Like, I didn't get the proper angles. It looked like goaltending. Not goaltending, but, like, like, in the cylinder. That's what it looked like. But it counted. You know, they, they reviewed it. It still counted. So it counts. You know, great play. You know, it was a, it was a great play with a lot of options. And uh, they got it working. And, um, yeah, great game by the Suns. You know, you got you to gotta really, if you're the Suns, you got to really be not just happy, but confident now because Booker, awful game. Awful game. Not awful, uh, subpar game. M- Mikel, Jay, Gave you nothing. Chris Paul's not even playing. You guys shoot, I think, 20-something percent from three. I think they made like six out of 30 or something like that. But you still win the game. Because they can't stop DeAndre inside. And, you know, you guys have a good sixth man in campaign who can step up, play starter minutes, and give you 29 fucking points. And that's what he did. Campaign's another guy where it's like, they can't stop him from getting to the rim. Like, the Lakers couldn't stop him either. I don't know what's going on with Campaign. Like, he's got, like, a strange body. And, like, I think he's a lefty. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's a lefty. I'm trying to imagine how he shoots. Yeah, I think he's a lefty. Yeah, he's a lefty. So, like, lefties are always weird to, like, guard. So he's And he's got, like, a shifty game. So, you know, even, like, the Lakers couldn't keep him from getting to the paint. Obviously, Anthony Davis being like not there and hurt of course but even then I think he was blowing by like Caruso and you know Schroeder and whoever so yeah you have a six man who's capable of getting you 30 points when Chris Paul's not in so even with all of that like not shooting well Devin not a great game Crowder not a great game Mikel not a great game you're still able to shoot 50% because you have DeAndre and you guys are making, you guys are able to get in the paint. Um, and then on top of that, you have Chris Paul coming back. And for the Clippers, we don't know when Kawhi is coming back. So if I were the Suns, I would be pretty confident in our, our chances to go to the finals. Um, all right, let's talk about some other things. Uh, Caruso, I 100, like he got caught with. I think edibles at a airport in Texas. 
And the thing with Texas is they take that shit very seriously. Guns, you can have as many as you want. Weed, no, no, no. You're not allowed having that at all. It's dangerous, more dangerous than guns. Everyone knows that. And I think from what I, if I'm not mistaken, I read it was a misdemeanor, like, because he's probably rich and that's why. Um, my guess is LeBron set him up. Now they get him at a cheaper cost. You got you to gotta hand it to LeBron for that. Um, I don't really have much to say about that other than like, fuck Texas, man. Like, why, what, how are you, how are you not allowing this? Like, do you guys, do you, do you guys not understand how much money you could be making? Is that like something you don't understand? So, and not even like just the money part. It's like, it's insane to still be thinking weed such like, um, like thinking of weed as like heroin or something. Still, it's just insane to me. Um... I hope I hope that gets worked out. I hope like what I read about it being a misdemeanor is like correct. So after that, is anything else? Ha- oh yeah, the draft lottery. Detroit won it. Happy for them. I think they're obviously going to take Cade, uh, Sadiq, Cade, Grant. I think that's a pretty good two, three, four. Sadiq can make forty percent of his threes. He's a high volume three point shooter. He's young too. Actually, no, he's not. He's not that like he's young, but he's not that young. I think, and the thing the thing with uh, when you think of players like Sadiq Bey and whatnot, it's like, yeah, they had a great rookie season, and you're like, oh, he shot forty percent on high volume. He can improve on that, and he can. He definitely can. But when he's already like twenty two, twenty three, like his ceiling is lower than a guy who does that at like nineteen, twenty. That just is what it is. Like that's. That was always my thing with Kuzma and Ingram. Where it was like, oh yeah, Kuzma in his rookie year, like he had a great rookie year, but it's like, yeah, but this man's already like 22, 23 years old. Ingram's still 19. You know, it was it was pretty close between Ingram and Kuzma, but it was like, even and even if you thought Kuzma during like the rookie seasons was better, it's like, yeah, he's better by like a little bit, but I think it says more about Ingram that he's able to still be as good as, like, this 22, 23-year-old at 18, 19 years old. So that's the thing with Sadiq. But, like, Sadiq's a good player. He's going to be in the league for a long time, and he definitely can improve. Uh, Jeremy Grant, he fell off a lot after the first half of the season. But, like, he's going to be a good guy to have around just because, you know, he's going to handle the bulk of the scoring. Um, the the person I'm interested in when Detroit gets Cade is Killian Hayes, just because my my thought of Cade was that well, my assumption was that he was going to be the point guard, that he was going to be a point guard in the league. Like I don't mind Killian, Sadiq, um, Cade, Grant, you know, as the one through four. I just thought it was going to be Cade at the one. That's just that's just what I thought. Um, but I have no problem with, you know, Killian in there and, like, the other three wings. Um, you know, great shooter. He can handle the ball. He's competitive as hell. Like, like from what I've thought, like, he actually, like, gave a fuck about, like, trying to win games and shit like that. You know, he wasn't just out there to be out there just because he had to be out there. Like, like that, that was one of the things with Ben Simmons where people were like, he does not give a fuck. And everyone was like, oh, you know, who cares now? You know, who cares? Just there, you know, because he has to be. But, like, 
being there and actually trying to win games like that does matter like i understand if you don't want to play like through injuries or if you're hurt like i completely get that but like when you're there why are you not trying to win games like why don't you care about scoring 40 points and like putting your team on your back and shit like that so from what i saw with Cade, like he did do that all right uh the rest of the left the the left draft no the draft lottery um from my understanding there's only like five or six players that you really have to look out for in this draft that's just from what i've heard and read everywhere um Cade, the two jailing kids Suggs and um green yeah green because jalen smith is already in the league he's on the suns um mobley and who's the other one is there another one who am i forgetting wait Cade, mobley the two jalen's and kaminga yeah that's the that's the five uh the other one that's actually like picked up some steam is scotty barnes uh six nine forward seven two wingspan you know that's that's just what i saw but like for the most part i always saw it as you know five players but scotty barnes this scotty barnes right let me look this up real quick yeah scotty barnes he's he's um definitely shot up from the draft lottery the only thing i have here is oh the raptors they finally get a top four they get a top four pick so you know they have a good roster there i like fred i like OG Siakam like if he can start shooting 35% from three again like they're going to be a good team and like if you look at their net ratings when they actually had like uh their players they were good they were a good team it's just that they just kept getting derailed by injuries over and over and over again but like when they were healthy they were actually like a pretty good team so you can add like one of these players in there personally I would go shooting guard because I think I think uh what's the name Lowry is gone I don't think he's coming back not because of any like personal reason or or he comes back and you take Mobley but I don't think Mobley is going to be available by then I think Mobley is like a lock to be like a top three pick so I think he's that's already done uh if you're the Rockets um what's it called you you like you can't be picky like you just go with like the player you think has is, is the best that's just what you go with and I don't know who's the best, but, like, potential-wise, I would probably go, like... I'd probably go Suggs. Just potential-wise, I feel like he has the most. Uh, Cleveland. I think Cleveland's done a pretty poor job of their drafting. Because why do you have... Firstly, you took Sexton, not a bad pick. He turned out to be a decent player. Then you took Garland, another 6'1 guy. Then you take Okoro, who's 6'4", 6'3", 6'5", I don't know, somewhere in there. And he's he's ideally a shooting up, but now he's playing small forward. So you can't – I don't know, like, where you go from here. I don't – and you probably traded the best prospect of all of them in Kevin Porter Jr., who's, who's just been amazing. So my guess would be you have to take a forward. So either like a Scotty Barnes or Kaminga. That's just my guess what you would have to do. 
because you already got Jared Allen, you're not going to take Mobley if he falls to you. And Suggs, it's like, okay, now we're just going to play Okoro at power forward. Like, that doesn't make sense unless you're planning on trading, like, Sexton or something. Um, Number four, I already talked about the Raptors. Five, um, I think the Magic are in the same place, too. Like, you can just go anywhere with that. Thunder, don't care. Uh, Not interesting. The Wolves, I mean, the Warriors. So they get two picks. They get... The seventh and fourteenth pick, and I think the yeah the Magic get two picks as well. That's pretty good. They get six. No, they get fifth and eight. The Magic do so. I think fifth and eight is probably good enough to get up to like top three, like third. So you know if that's what they want to do, I don't know. Maybe just take two players there, just acquire as much talent as you can. The Warriors though is interesting because they. Like, they got the Wolves pick, but it's not the pick that they wanted. You know, if you're the Wolves, you're like, okay, like, we actually don't feel about you getting the seventh pick because, like, there's no, it's a six-player draft, really. And the other pick you have is the 14th pick. If if I'm one of the top five or four picks, four, like, teams in this draft, I don't want, I don't want the seventh pick and 14th so you can have my fourth, third, or second, or first pick, like... First is out of the question. You are not getting first. Second, I don't think you're getting second either. Like, because I'm not passing up on Mobley or Suggs. Third, you're not getting either. I'm, like I said, I'm not passing up on Mobley or Suggs. So the fourth is the one where you might have a chance where the Raptors are like, yeah, we'll take seven and 14th for fourth. Maybe. Fifth, you'd probably have a chance. Sixth, you probably have a chance as well. But other than that, like, you know, it just didn't, I don't. I just don't think it worked out that well for them. Um, I guess they could trade the fourteenth and seventh for like an actual player this time. Just get like a center or something in there. Uh, Wiggins has been good for you, so you probably keep him. It, it it has to be a center, so unless they're like Wiseman next year is gonna be really good. So let's just get you know the best talent in there and let's bulk up our bench even more. So. Yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do. They're going to have a lot of options, but like they fell right out of that w- spot where it could have been really really fun for them. Um yeah. And that's all I have for the draft lottery. Not much. Like I'm not a big college fan, so I don't know. Like I'm probably going to know more about these players closer to the draft than I do right now just because I don't watch I don't watch college basketball, I just don't. And, you know, the only time I do is when, you know, it's like a Cade, it's like a Ben Simmons, it's like these, you know, top five prospects. That's the only ones that I actually watch. And even then, I'm not watching, like, their full games. I'm just watching, like, their highlights or, like, the draft scouting videos. So, yeah, I don't really have much about that. The next thing I want to talk about, though, is something I do like talking about, and that's trades. And today I wanted to focus on just the 76ers and the Mavericks obviously I'm going to be talking about other teams too because I'm trying to trade these players to those teams so you know other teams are involved too all right the first one is Tobias Harris for Mike Conley and Boyan and I'm doing that because you get to keep Ben you get a shooter in there in Boyan, so like you're replacing the shooting of Tobias. And the thing is, 
Boyan shoots a lot more threes, so you have like a volume good three-point shooter, not just a good three-point shooter just who doesn't take a lot in, which they call Tobias Harris. And, you know, Mike Conley, because you need a point guard. You know, you can probably throw in like a first or you can throw something like Maxi in there uh, to make it work just to, like, I think that's just like, these trades are the base of trades. Like, you can add, add things in there, like, to make, these are just the base of it. Like, you can add things, take things out, but these are, this is just like where it starts. So it's like Tobias for Conley and Boyan, and it's like, uh, you know, then you can add another player in there. You can add a pick in there. You can add two picks. You can add swaps. You can add stuff like that in there. But that's just like the base, and I like this one because, firstly, you get the shooting in Conley and Boyan, two volume three-point shooters, and you get another point guard out there. So, like, Ben does Ben doesn't have to be handling the ball all the time. And for the, the Jazz, I, I never liked small backcourts. And the Jazz had a 2-6-1-6-1 backcourt. I just don't think that's ever going to work in this NBA right now. So, you know, you get bigger. You go Donovan at point guard. You know, because you, you already don't run a, like, point guard heavy offense. Like, it's more of, like, a team offense. So, like, anyone can initiate. Like, Ingles can initiate and shit like that. So you can go like Conley, Ingle, not Conley, uh, Donovan, Ingles, Royce, Tobias, Rudy. So now you still have two 20-point score. Like Donovan's a 25-point score. Tobias, no matter what, he's going to get you 20 points. So you still have that, and you get you just get so much bigger. I think that's the big thing here. You get bigger. Uh, the other one is Tobias for CJ. And it's another thing where it's like you get bigger now. Like the re- one of the reasons the Portland Trailblazers are so bad on defense, they're so fucking small. Dame, 6'2". CJ, 6'3". Powell, 6'4". Uh, Rocco, 6'7". Like these guys are so small. Now you go Tobias in there instead. Now it's 6'2", 6'4", 6'7", 6'8", 6'9". Seven feet. Now that's like that's you're gonna improve your defense just by getting bigger. And you know, on top of that, Tobias, he can give you the things that CJ gives you, like the twenty points and whatnot. And he's probably just as efficient. So, yeah. Uh, Simmons for Marcus Smart and Evan Fournier. Once again, these are just the base of the trades. You can add things. You can take things out. Whatever. You know, you can add, you know, a pick or two from the Celtics side, whatever. But Smart, you know, he, he, he makes up for the defense that you're going to lose with Simmons out. You know, even though he's not a great shooter, he can shoot the ball like 33 35%, and he'll take a bunch too. Um, Evan, 17, 18-point scorer, he can shoot the ball. That one I, I don't like as much, but, like, it's something, you know. I didn't think it was horrible or anything. Uh, ben Simmons plus Seth Curry for DeJounte Murray and Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson, 21, 20 years, 20 years old or 21 years old. You know, he's just going to keep getting better. And DeJounte's pretty good himself. So, And DeJounte can play defense as well. So, like, another one where it's like 
you're losing something with Seth, but your defense remains elite and you still get a great, like, potential, like, two-way wing-type player in Keldon. It just makes, like, it's still not elite spacing on your end because you would go DeJounte, um, Danny Green, Keldon, uh, Tobias, and Embiid. So you don't have, like, elite shooting. But, like, it's better than Ben Simmons out there. Uh, the other one is Ben Simmons for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry for DeJounte Murray and Derek White. Because you get now you can have DeJounte and White. White's a good shooter. He's a volume good three point shooter and they both play defense. Now you got DeJounte, White, um who else is Danny Green, Tobias, and Embiid. I think that's a much better team now. And if you're the Spurs, you get Ben Simmons. And the they're they're a team where it's like they can they have so many young players where it's like, do we think one of these players is going to turn into something? If they do, you keep them. Like if they think Keldon's really gonna be that guy, you keep him and you try trading something else for Ben. And then on top of that, like Pop's a guy you trust to do something with Ben. He's just a guy you trust to do something with Ben. He's a guy you trust to figure it out. And, like, what's the best way to use him? All right, let's keep going. I have a lot of Ben trades. Ben and Seth Curry, plus a first for Brogdon and TJ Warren. So, for the Indiana Pacers side, you get another star. You know, you get another star. Uh, you get Seth Curry for for the shooting. Um, and, uh, you know, you still have Karis LeVert there. You have... Uh, Sabonis, you can figure something out with, like, maybe you trade Sabonis. And you still have Turner, so you have the stretch five, I guess. Even though he's not a great shooter. like, But he'll, he'll, spread, it, he'll spread it out in terms of, like, he has no problem spotting up. Um, yeah, so that's something you can do. And for the 76ers side, you get Brogdon. You have, now you have Brogdon out there. Uh, uh, Danny Green, TJ, Tobias. And Embiid, I think that's a much better team. Uh, ben and Seth for Brogdon and Lavert, same thing, same thing as like the other one. Um, another Pacers one, Ben for Brogdon plus Doug McDermott. That would be a sign and trade. Uh, you don't have to give up Seth Curry this time, so you keep Seth because you know you're not getting Lavert or TJ or one of the, like the uh, good, like the really good player. Doug's a good player, but like you're not getting a thirty-five minute. Uh, starter um, I think that that works out pretty well too you get Brogdon Seth Danny Tobias and Embiid and off the bench you get Doug now another shooter another 3-4 shooter uh, Ben Simmons for Hayward plus Devontae Graham um, you know for the 76er Devontae you would have to figure out something with Seth Curry then I guess because Seth, Seth and Devontae in the backcourt is just not, it's just not doing anything for me. Um, but, you know, you get Hayward, Tobias, shooting. You know, everyone can shoot around. And Hayward can make some plays. So, you know, you have a lot of shooting around Embiid. And for uh, Charlotte Hornets, you get another, like, 25-year-old who's got a lot of potential. He's a good player. Like, Ben, like people are going to forget this with Ben Simmons and Kristaps. 
Like, they had really good regular seasons. Like, they're good players still. Um, all right, my next trades are for Kristaps Porzingis. I have Kristaps plus Josh, so it would be a sign and trade for Jared Allen and Kevin Love. You know, Kristaps, he averaged 20 points, 9 rebounds, and shot 38% from three in the regular season. People are going to forget that. He had a good regular season. But people are going to forget that. Now he's going to have time to rehab his knee. And maybe he comes back next year as a, you know, the rim protector he was last season. Uh, if you're the Cavaliers, you get a, you know, you get someone that can sell tickets. You know, Jared Allen's probably a better player right now than him. But Kristaps' potential is just higher than his. And if you're the the Mavericks, you get, you know, a a spot-up, three-point shooter. You know, he can get you 17, 18 points in uh, Kevin Love. And then you get, uh, you know, Luca, his Clint Capella in Jared Allen. You know, a guy who can protect the rim, catch lobs, rebound and shit like that. So, um, I thought that was interesting. The other one is Kristaps for uh, Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes. Um, another, you know, rim-running guy for um, Luca. Then you get another like 16, 17, 18 point scorer in Harrison Barnes who can spread the floor, play the three or the four. Um, and for the the Kings, you know, you get... Like, Rashawn Holmes and Barnes would don't have, like, the potential of Kristaps at all. So, like, you get KP who's still 24, something like that, and he's got a lot of potential, and you can put him next to... Like, he can be your floor spacer, and, like, you, like then you can play Bagley and Kristaps because... You know, Kristaps can spread the floor out and, you know, Bagley can go inside. Uh, the last one is Kristaps and uh, Finney Smith for TJ Warren and Miles Turner. So if you're the Pacers, you get, you know, another like big name player in Kristaps. You get a good defender, 3 and D player in uh, Dorian Finney Smith. So now your starting lineup is Brogdon, Lavert, Finney Smith, um, Sabonis, and KP. Like I think that that's a that's a lineup that makes more sense out there in my opinion. And if you're the Pacer, I mean you're the Mavericks, you get a stretch five still. You know, a stretch five that doesn't demand the basketball. He can protect the rim, he's gonna improve your defense. And you get another 18, 20 point scorer in TJ Warren. You know, I thought that made sense. Uh, Kristaps for Steven Adams and a first. If you're the Pelicans, you get a stretch five for Zion, so Zion can attack the rim. Kristaps is going to spread the floor. He's going to get you 18, 20 points still. He's going to protect the rim. Well, hopefully he's going to protect the rim because, like I said, like, last year he did protect the rim. He was a great rim protector last year. So, you know, you get you get that stretch five you've been looking for for Zion. And if you're the Mavericks, you just saved 30 35 million dollars with that swap so on top of saving that 35 million you get like a Clint capella type and the thing with steven adams is he's great inside the paint you know i, I was looking this up 30 percent of his shots are three feet to 10 feet and he makes about 47 percent of them like he's always had this nice little hook shot nice little push shot from like inside the paint so like even if he doesn't roll all the way to the rim and you, he catches it out six feet, he can make that shot. And, you know, he can still score like that. Uh, so, yeah, those are just my trades for now. If you guys think any of them are interesting, let me know. I'm going to put my email. Or if you guys have any trade 
that you think are interesting and you want me to discuss, I'm gonna put my email in the you know the notes. So yeah, let me know about that. Let me know, just let me know what you guys think about these trades. I think these are pretty interesting. I think they're, I'm just throwing them out there. I just think like some of them do make sense to me. So that's why I'm putting them out there. I'm going to do more trades actually. I'm going to do them of, you know, other teams that are in the, play, like that have, that are no longer in the playoffs. Just so I just want, I, I didn't want to do all of them in one podcast. I want to do like two teams at a time. So next team I'll, I'll probably do like the Lakers and, um, uh, who else is not in the playoffs now? Uh, the Blazers or something like that. I'll figure it out. And I'll do it for teams that aren't even in the playoffs either. You know, just for fun. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. I was a fool to love